some of the cliches that people say, you know, we don't really like them. Like one of them is God only gives special kids to special parents. I don't like that. I'm no better than anybody else. He just happened to give it to me. And if you were in that position, you would do what you had to do for your child as well. You're tuned in to A Story Worth Living, the podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer E. Patterson. I'm an educator, a personal growth enthusiast, and a Jesus girl. And I'm so excited to be able to share stories with you, stories and experiences of everyday people that connect and inspire us to look deeper, to try harder, and to go farther. With that said, I'd like to welcome you to listen to this episode of A Story Worth Living. I'm so glad that you decided to sit down and talk about what's going on in your world, Michelle. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Let's let's just talk. First of all, I just want to know, tell the people who you are. Who are who is Michelle? <laughs> Hi, Jen. So I'm thankful to be on your podcast. I'm so proud of you. And um, my name is Michelle O'Reilly. I am a teacher. I live in Orlando, Florida. I've been teaching for, uh, this is my 26th year in teaching. I have a husband and two kids. Um, I have a 20-year-old, Justin, and a 17-year-old, Maya. Um, Justin is nonverbal and autistic, and he now lives in a group home because of some severe um, episodes we had with aggression and um, just what these autistic individuals sometimes go through um, around puberty. And, you know, they just get strong and, and all these things, and it becomes too much that the family may need some support. And that's where I got to. It was just, you know, taking the wheel while I was driving and, um, you know, pulling my hair and and just not cooperative, wouldn't get out the shower. But this is a child that now becomes stronger than you, taller than you, faster than you. And it just becomes a situation where you family sometimes needs some help. Absolutely. You do not want your child to be away from you, especially when they're vulnerable like that, but they, but you have to trust God and um, trust his leading as to people who can support you when you really need it. So that's who I am. So this um, situation happened a couple of years ago. And since then, I've been trying to be a support to families. Wow. So I, I want to backtrack. I want to backtrack because I started thinking about, man, you and I have known each other for quite a long time. Yes. Yeah. Tell the, people, tell the people where we met. <laughs> we met at Oakwood probably like 1994 or so. Yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. education department. Yep. So we were taking classes together and just kind of going through becoming a teacher together. Yeah. Graduated together. So yeah. So we've done education and. Yeah. A lot of good memories from OC, right? I remember yes. um, shenanigans. When you said the education department, I thought about shenanigans. Um, I thought about, uh, you remember when we had to do like the mock lessons in front of our peers and yes. just the just the shenanigans, like. <laughs> right, 
just <laughs> foolishness. But oh my goodness, that, those are some great memories. Yes, they were. Those they are some were. great memories. Did you always want to be a teacher? I did always want to be a teacher. I mean, that's where I saw myself and um, working with children and that kind of thing. Um, so it's been a good career. It's just that my family life has taken me in a different direction because my children are especially Justin turned out to have special needs. And so as much as I was teaching, I was, he was always in a different system in a different school. He could never just go to school with me in our Adventist schools. So it was always keeping up with another system and what's going on there. And like I said, he's in a special needs program. So it was always like balancing two different worlds, basically. Definitely. So I'm curious, um, you prepared for the, the career of teaching. You've been there over 25 years. Did you ever feel like you would get to a point where you'd be doing something different? Or well, did you always feel like that was, that would be, well, that would be my choice. It's, it's not that, you know, things developed and it kind of put me there, but did you ever just feel like, yeah, eventually I'll do something different? Well, I never really thought of it, to be honest, but I guess as you grow up, you know, you start to see your own students that you taught in kindergarten grow up and become all these other professions. They're doctors, they're lawyers, they're pastors, they're everything, engineers. And, you know, you at some point, I think after 20 years or so, when you see these children become your colleagues, um, you're just kind of like, okay, um, it may be time for me to, you know, do something else and pass the torch a little bit. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> So I have two sets of, of former students because in my teaching career, I also taught college oh. <laughs> or a little bit, right? <laughs> and so um, I think about my elementary students and I'm sure like you, you know, some of them are, they're married. Um, they've kids. got kids of their own, yeah. you know, they're, they've got jobs and every now and then I run into them and it's almost like you're transported back there when you see them. Cause you're always, you know, I'm always Miss Patterson. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> but then you have those who I, you know, that I had years ago who are, who are already adults. And so, yeah, you're, it's, yeah, I, I, I see what that, I see what that, what that looks like. You know, I don't see, I don't run into them very often, but when, when you do, it's just like, okay. And now you've reminded me of how old I am. Okay, great. Right. So, you know, especially <laughs> um, when you work at the Adventist system, and right. end up, you know, you never really get away from them. So your students end up at Oakwood or wherever. And it's like, wow. Okay. I'm yeah. still here. That is really funny. That is really funny. So yeah, so I kind of want to talk about um, kind of where life started to pivot for you. Kind of give us a little bit of a background um, about how things started to change. Well, as I mentioned, um, I was balancing the two worlds, my, my teaching career and family and Justin and his needs as a special needs child and not speaking and stuff, but it really got to a total different level a couple of years ago when he hit puberty. And like I said, he just became aggressive and strong and it just became a situation that was pretty much unbearable. So I tried to reach out. I finally accepted that I needed help as far as a placement for him. Of course, that's a very heart-wrenching decision in and of itself because this is your, your heart, you know, your baby. But um, 
I reached out to the Agency for Persons with Disabilities and they were basically like, okay, he's beating you. Okay, okay, that's, yeah, okay. Right. And you realize that, you know, that's how it goes in life. You know, they're not going to wow. just, because it's thousands of dollars, it's they're not going to just give it to you. And there is like a waiver that you have to be on, but it takes, my name was already on the waiver, but that waiver can be like 10 years before they get to your name because it's thousands of people. Really? So, yeah. Oh, years and years and years. Like you can, you put your, you always, people in the autism community are special needs you hear, you know, you got to get on the waiver wherever you live, but your child's maybe six or seven, but you won't actually see help until maybe 18, 19. You know what I mean? That's how long it takes. So because the situation was so dire, you know, you basically have to prove that it's crisis. Like I'm going to die. So they basically said, Dial 911 every day, dial 911 every single day because you have to get documentation. And it's like, are you serious? Like, that's not feasible wow. because that's basically my house is on fire every day because I'm, if you're dialing 911, nobody just dials, da, 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 da. No, there's something serious going on. Like, I can't function. I could crash on the highway because he's taking the steering wheel. I could get a dislocated shoulder, but you have to build up that documentation before they'll even listen. So it took a long time before I got to the point where I had this portfolio, Baker Acts, things like that serious stuff to get this documentation. And then they finally, um, it was a, a whole process, but they finally gave me a placement when I was like, I went downtown one day and I was like, that's it. Like, I'm going to be on the news and tell the public how you treat special needs families. Cause I'm going to die. The only other documentation wow. is going to be a death certificate. And obviously I won't be around to give you that. So now, and I was very adamant and I finally got that placement and that was right before the pandemic. God had it divinely timed that right when I got that approval, which took forever, a week later, everything shut down. So um, he was in the home for like six months when I couldn't see him because everything was shut down. And then when I finally saw him, that's when um, it was a big reunion. The news got hold of the story and we did a segment um, you know, a, a reunion. And then since then, I've been, I wrote a book because the whole thing, you know, people were telling me this is a manuscript because I started yeah. little pieces of the home online. And people are like, this is such a story. Oh my goodness. So I wrote a book. And then from that book, I wrote a children's book because the book ended up being in circles that I didn't really intend, like children were reading it. So I was like, let me write a children's book for them. What is autism? What is a group home? What is stimming? What is masking? All these kind of things. And when you see a child like that in the restaurant or whatever, instead of laughing, how to react to that kind of situation. So I did that. And I've also been doing, um, like even last weekend, I did a conference, an in-person conference now that things are back. And I was a presenter. It was very scary, but I was at a big statewide <laughs> conference. Yes, I was scared out of my mind. I mean, and you're you're a 25-year-plus teacher, right? You're used yeah, to standing in front totally of different. No, I that's know, totally I know. <laughs> this is like strangers, adults. Yeah. That's totally different from children. So people were walking around this convention. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a breakout session in with mm -hmm. um, books with me with a bio and my session and everything. And I was so scared. You but, were uh, in the yeah. spotlight, right? Yeah. You were in the spotlight. Let's back up. Let's back up to <laughs> writing the book. What was that process like? 
Well, like I said, I didn't really intend to become an author. That was not the intention. It's basically what I went through. And then once the reunion on TV happened, I finally posted about that because I had kind of just kept it hush hush all this bad stuff I was going through. And so I posted about the reunion on TV because it was fun. And then I started, um, you know, the, the response to that led to me also posting about events in the house that Justin was experiencing because I had a really good support team at the house. They really did some fun things with him, like dress up stuff and Christmas, how they decorated the house and just different things. So I started making little chapters about guardianship and about different things. So that's how the book came about. The first book is called Journey to Acceptance. So I think when we were talking before, you had on deck, like, uh, I think it was in California, was it? You were, oh, was that yeah. the first? Yeah, tell us about that experience with the book. So that was one of the, the things that God took me to, you know, that I would never have imagined. You know, this whole thing is something that I didn't anticipate. So in April, I believe it was, I went to California for the LA Times Book Fair. And my book was featured at the book fair. And that was another fun experience. And you meet all kinds of people at the book fair. Um, Ziggy Marley wrote a book. A lot of celebrities are writing books these days. You know, Kelly Rowland was there. Um, The guy from the neighborhood. You know, you just, (laughs) you you end up rubbing shoulders. Terry Crews wrote a book. So you end up, you know, rubbing shoulders with a lot of people that it's like, wow, you know, because you're all authors. And they are basically marketing their books too. Of course, they have a built-in platform, but they are there at this event as well. And you get to be up and close with people that you probably never would have been. Awesome. And then you said you wrote a children's book. Tell us about that. Yes, the children's book is called Uniquely Me, Mm -hmm. A Celebration of Special Needs. So like I said, it was just a companion to the first book. And that one basically, you know, just gives kids an introduction to autism of what it is and why people may be different from them. And then um, I had one of my students who's a good artist um, do all the illustrations. I was curious. I was like, who did you work with? Like, oh Yeah, because you you end up having students who are very talented. As you see their work, you know, some usually somebody stands out that, wow, oh my goodness, the detail and the shading and everything they put into their work. And one day I said to this little girl, "Um, I think I have a project for you. And so we just kind of collaborated over the summer and she was excellent. I gave her the, the, the writing and the manuscript. And I said, I need a picture for this. I need a picture for this. And she came back with beautiful picture, pictures. Um, and those ended up to be the illustrations. And I hired her, 10-year-old. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I think what's really interesting to me is how you managed your challenge. And I, you know, I don't know if you, you, when you're in the middle, in the middle of it, I know sometimes it's hard to really, you know, separate yourself from that and really just sit and reflect like, wow, you know, this is happening because you're, you're in it, you're in it. But I'm on the outside listening to your story. Right. And I'm seeing very clearly there's management of the challenge, whether or not you were thrown into it. Okay, this is what I'm going to do now, or whether or not you sat down and calculated that out, but, um, well, prayer and it's really God, you know, you really have to stay in tune with God and and pull up Bible verses. And especially, you know, when situations calm, our episodes calm, that's when you're able to, 
you know, articulate a little better or because mm. when you're in it, it's just like, oh my gosh, like I can't even function. You know, you're going to school with black and blues under your clothes to teach. And when you get there, you're just crying because before you got there at 730, you had to clean a nasty room of a boy who refused to bathe and clean it. And, you know, all of this thing. So it's a whole washing and cleaning whole day's work before 7.30 and come into 7.30 and you're just like, oh my gosh. But then you have to go in the classroom. You still have to put on that happy face because you're, you can't have kids saying, what's wrong? What's wrong? You know, uh uh-uh, no. (laughs) Right. Or colleagues, right? Right, right. So what was your support like, Michelle? Because I know that, that you and your husband couldn't have gone through this by yourselves. Well, that's a, a whole piece there too, to be honest, because this whole situation question of putting our child in a group home tore my family apart. Um, typical people, they say usually is a 50% chance of divorce. And my husband and I grappled with this decision. He was like, no, this is our child. How could you want to do this? But of course, Justin was not hitting him. He's a man. It was all directed toward me and his sister. So it was very hard. And so we actually separated after 21 years of marriage. And um, surprise, surprise, God has put us back together a couple years later, after everything, all the dust settled and everything, we remarried and we're back together. Shock of shocks. Wow. So we just celebrated our 24th anniversary. Oh my goodness. But it was it was a rough time. It's really like over 80% chance of divorce when you're dealing with special needs families because you have so much raising typical kids is challenging. But when you're dealing with kids with special needs, it just goes to another level. So um God God worked and I can't I didn't anticipate being back with him. Wow. I did not. I thought it was done and it was a done deal. And we went all the way and I was surprised that we got back together. Okay, real talk, real talk now. (laughs) Challenging child, Mm -hmm. working full time, Mm -hmm. marriage in trouble. Right, another child. Another child. That has all their needs and a full-time job that is very demanding. And, and you're the writing house. and doing and starting the, right. these new things. How, right. how have you kept it together? <laughs> how are you sitting here smiling at me? Because somebody's God is listening. Good. Listen, somebody's God listening. Is good because God <laughs> restores. God is our strength. Um, I'm sure this is a faith-based podcast, so it's okay to say those things. Absolutely. But God restores. God has us. And I just want to encourage somebody out there, you, you know, hold on. I listen to Breath of Life a lot, you know, Pastor Snell and these other pastors I listen to, it gives so much encouragement. Hold on. Even when you're through it, he said yesterday, God is giving you a front row seat, you know, to these situations. It's like, I don't want to be in this situation, but we know the story is already told. It's in the Bible. It's all going to work out. You're just getting a a front row seat to see how it all plays out. So you have to hold on that it will be okay. But yeah, when you're going through it, it's very hard and it's very lonely, you know, those times, plus the house, you know, things break down or whatever. And it's now just me all the bills are on me and my one salary. It's a lot, but um, 
God prevails. So God, God walked you through that. Yes. God yeah. walked with you. through. And the that. way, you know, the way Justin was placed just before the pandemic, um, just like a week before everything shut down, it had to be God the way the, the documentation went. When I was in that meeting and I went downtown and it was because he had actually one time had an episode where he started beating me in the middle of church service. We were in church and he left the praise team. He was fine and whatever. And the sermon started and all of a sudden he was sweating, boom, boom, boom. And everybody in the seats looked like how you look right now. Like, oh my God, that's your mother. You're meeting your mother. Right. And three deacons, three strong deacons had to get him and take him in the lobby and he is going crazy. And the police had to come to church because I could not drive him. I'll die. Like they were clear. You're going to die if you get back in the car with him and all of that. And then I could no longer work because I was just so messed up. So that's when I went downtown and was like, that's it. Like that is it. I can't function. I can't work. I can't mother. I can't do anything. This is going to go down now. So with God, you know, providing the, the placement right then. And then those people telling me, okay, you're saying it's so bad. Well, he's going to get placed wherever we can place him. So it could be Tampa. It could be Sarasota. It could be Miami. It could be Jacksonville. And all of that would have killed me because as much as I, I just can't. That's your God, kid. That's your child. He's still my child. He can't call me or anything. Yeah. God placed him, Jen. God placed him 0.7 of a mile from my house. I can walk over to Justin's house. I don't even have to get on the highway. I don't have to drive across town even. I can get off this call when we're finished and go across the street and get Justin when he could have been placed four hours from me, six hours from me to whatever. And that would have meant I would have had to take my tired self and every weekend go visit him because I have to. It's still my child that I have to check on. You know what I mean? So with him being so close, that gave me some level of peace even though I couldn't see him for six months. He's right across the street. He was in good care. They would FaceTime me. And I now that everything is open back up, I pop over there all the time. Every Sabbath I have him and he's fine now. I didn't even want to let him go last night. You know what I mean? But he's so close and it's so convenient that God, no, there's just, I could never have done that with my own self. It's only God. It has to be God. There's yeah. no way because they warn me. So. So <clears throat> I'm thinking two things. I want to know how Justin is doing. How has that him being in that home um, impacted him? And I also want to know about your, your community. Who has been your support? So those two things. Okay. So Justin is fine. Like I said, I had him up to yesterday. Um, I still don't totally trust being alone with him like completely because of things that have happened in the past and we can be walking I take him for walks all the time but he thinks it's funny to just run off and he's faster than me and I'm like Justin come back I gotta hold you and he's just laughing 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 but the road is right there and he has zero awareness of danger you know he's not going to stop he'll just continue across the street this is a 20 year old with like a two-year-old brain, you know what I mean? That wouldn't right. know to stop at the stop sign or whatever. Right. Right. So I don't completely trust myself completely alone with him. So thank God, God was able to put my husband and I back together so that we're able to support him. 
because you'll always need support and we can go for walks together. And that way we have, I have that support that I don't have to worry that he's going to run off. He and daddy are very close and they can walk and I can walk right behind them. So he is fine. I love he, that. Yeah. he has calmed down a whole lot. He's not really causing a problem when he's over here. Um, he's fine. He enjoys, you know, it's almost like he appreciates my home cooked food. I'm not the greatest cook, but he eats every drop and it makes me feel happy because it's like he's home and he eats, you know, and I'm happy to do it because this is my child. But when he was here, it's like we had to have a lock on the pantry. We had a lock on the fridge because he would just constantly like a garbage disposal, just constantly eating. And we could like the kitchen is closed for the night, but he didn't care. He would just keep going. You know what I mean? So he is fine. And then my support system, um, my mother, of course, my mother is a main one. My sister is very supportive. I have some close friends who've been um, close to me. Some of my colleagues at school that are on my team, you know, my fourth grade team, they have been very supportive, just good friends and family. And like I said, just um, Kevin's family, my husband's family, we have other autistic um, nephews and stuff. It's not just him because it's a genetic thing. So they understand the language. They understand the supports that are needed. Like they're the ones that brought it to my attention. We may need a group home placement. And you know what I mean? They understand right. the whole world of this thing. Yeah. So. That's amazing because as you're talking, you're really revealing those ways that God um, had those resources in place for you. <clears throat> so it's it's not so much that we're experiencing these things because you know God told us we would have right. we would have trouble in this life, right? right? But He never said that He would leave us by ourselves. Right, and, just, and He put the right people right in the path to help. Right. The owner of the house, Justin's house, I love him. The site manager that was there when he was first placed, she was mm. so good, like constantly FaceTiming me, calling me, just so good. I, I didn't have to worry because I know the people he's with. Yeah. I don't know 100% because like I said, my child can never tell me anything right. at all. But um, you just have a peace because God put these certain people in your path. So you yeah. just have to trust him as much as I miss him and I want him. I have to realize God has a plan and I just have to follow. Wow. So out of the, out of the fire um, has been produced. Like I, I just want to call it a ministry, like a, a ministry <laughs> to other um, parents and caregivers mm -hmm. who have mm -hmm. um, family members with autism. So now you, we, in pre-production, we were talking about this pivot. You're talking about this pivot. You've done all this teaching. You've, you've impacted all these lives, <laughs> this is all these years, but now you see yourself moving into a different arena. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, like I said, you know, just different opportunities have come up. The, the California book fair, I was on a radio show the TV segment, um, just different things. Last week, speaking in person, there's like different things that have come of this. Um, um, so I'm just waiting for God to show me the next step when it's time. I'm, I'm thinking I'm on the verge of something <laughs> because um, I think you are. <laughs> my daughter is getting ready to graduate from high school. So that's the end of a whole era of being a parent, you know, taking your child to, you know, being on the school schedule right. because it's so much easier, you know, if I work on the school schedule, work close to her school, 
you know, I mean, in that whole life, taking her to wherever, taking her to violin um, performances, all of that is about to finish. Hopefully, prayerfully, she will be graduating and be off to college and start her own life. And I can kind of get away from this being in the school calendar kind of thing. Yeah. So the possibilities are of getting ready to, open. I feel it. I feel it. Um, um, it sounds like you are in the realm of advocacy. Yes. At this point. Yes. Yeah. Do you plan to write some more or? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> about it. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. There's a couple things that are, you know, a couple people talking, but um, I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. Mm -hmm. So what, and we definitely want to link, um, your books, your children's book and okay. your, your, you know, to this, to this episode so that individuals who are listening can get, can they purchase that? They can download mm -hmm. it, however um, they can yeah. get hold of that. Um, we definitely want to put that in, but I, I want you to speak um, to parents and caregivers of autistic kids. What, what do you want to say to them? Oh my goodness. Parents and caregivers of autistic God has given you a great responsibility a huge responsibility. Some of the cliches that people say, you know, we don't really like them. Like one of them is God only gives special kids to special parents. I don't like that. I'm no better than anybody else. He just happened to give it to me. And if you were in that position, you would do what you had to do for your child as well. You know what I mean? Or, you know, those are just some of the things, but you have to keep in mind, you know, another cliche is autistic parents can never die. We can never die because your child is not going to just go to college and get married and do their own thing and be independent. They're always going to need you forever because if they're not speaking or, or you know, going, you know, getting a full education and, and just being independent to even basic needs like putting on their own clothes or eating, they're always going to need help. Even if you put them in a place like Justin is to get help, you still have to stay on top of it. You know what I mean? You still want to be involved as long as possible. But God has provided a place that at least I have feel better that if something were to happen today, he wouldn't just be totally lost what's going to happen. There is something in place he is taking care of for the rest of his life. He will always have a place to live and food to eat and people to prepare it for him. So just trusting in God, having faith, faith as a mustard seed, that God will see you. It's a huge responsibility. Yes, typical children are a huge responsibility, but it's usually for a season for the most part. These um, children with special needs, it's more like extended caregiving forever. So God will see you through. Yeah, I appreciate that. Are, is it difficult to find um, local resources? Um... Um, I think it depends on where you live. And it's something that you really have to seek out and get involved because it's not going to fall in your lap. Wherever you live, you have to figure out what is there and what you can get involved in and what stage your child is in you know, what, what supports are there. Justin was born in Atlanta. We didn't really feel like a lot was going on there. As a matter of fact, um, I remember he was very small and my daughter was there riding her bike. She was about 
five or something. She was maybe three and Justin was probably about five. And I was there holding the handles, trying to help Justin ride the bike. And this lady stopped me on the path at this park. And she was like, I've been watching you. I've been watching you with this child. And I'm just going to tell you that you need to, you're probably not in the best place to get help for him. You need to move to the Washington DC area. They have better resources and better funding and better everything to support this child. And I turned around and this lady was gone. And I was like, wait, it took me a while. Like, who are you to tell right. me? Excuse me. You know what I mean? And by the time I processed it, I, I was like going to talk to her and she was gone. And I just felt like, what? And I researched it and I found it to be true what she said. So we ended up selling our house in Atlanta because, you know, as I researched that DC and Maryland and those areas would have better resources and we actually moved up there and it was true. And mm. yeah, there was a lot, you know, for Justin. But then what happened after four years of working there, it, we missed our family because you need also the family support and we have more family in the South. So we ended up coming back down South, but she was right. And so, you know, just where you are and God blessed us, we're in Orlando and I've been able to find a good amount of support here. You know, even in Maryland, I know friends who have children who are in this position and their placement, their group home is like 70 miles away mm. on the coast somewhere. Mm -hmm. So they can, it's not that feasible to see their child. So God, you just have to trust God. It's all in his time and in his plan. Here I am in Orlando. Justin is walking distance from my house. So trust. Uh, I love that. This has been so informative. It's been personal. Mm -hmm. It's been real. Um, we've, we've seen the hand of God in your life, mm -hmm. in the life of your family, and for you personally, because okay. this is your story right? Yes. This is your story. Yes. And we've kind of, you've, you've walked us through a segment of your story. And um, I think what I appreciate most is your willingness to share because someone's listening. Someone's going to hear something that they needed that's going to help them on their journey. And that's like the whole reason why I even do this. Um, after so many years, <laughs> it's been really cool to connect, um, but to see kind of shine a light into what's happening in your life. Um, and so that can be an encouragement to someone else. How can someone reach out to you? Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two books are on Barnes and Noble and Amazon, um, okay. anywhere you can get books. So the first one is Journey to Acceptance, um, Finding Hope, Support, and Peace for Your Autistic Child. You can find that on Amazon, okay. Michelle Vanessa O'Reilly. And like I said, barnesandnoble.com. I can't remember. Westbow Press is the one that published it. Westbow Press is a division of Thomas Nelson and Zondervan. They're the Christian publisher because I do have Bible texts and stuff like that in there. Both of them have Bible texts. So it's published by a Christian publisher. And then the other one is Uniquely Me, A Celebration of Special Needs. And that's the children's book. 
Oh, is that his face on the front? Yes, oh, that's Justin. That's oh, Justin. guys, I wish I, I wish you all could see this, but we'll, we'll you can try to see if we can get the image. Oh, and this, this is, is my student who illustrated the pictures. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. We're definitely going to so, get our copy of that. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, those opportunities have come. And you can email me at moreilly23 at yahoo.com. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, yeah, it's been good. You know, also Instagram, um, Michelle O13 on Instagram and Michelle O'Reilly on Facebook. It's just easier on Instagram because it's like specific, you know. Absolutely. Are you still sharing your story? I am. And, you know, people message and, you know, and then ask me different questions. And, you know, it's it's a good challenge to try to support people. I do enjoy it. And it's it is therapeutic for me, you know, to try to help the next person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel where you're going. I know you're waiting for those next steps, but I feel where you're going. Okay. Listen, thank you for sitting down and being willing to talk about your story worth living. Um, we're excited about what's next and we're looking forward to that. Um, those who are listening, you can catch, uh, how you can reach Michelle and how you can get access to her books in the show notes um reach out to her if you need to um you see where she is she's ready to encourage she's ready to to talk with you and uh advocate for you so michelle thank you thank Thank you you, jen thank you for having me yeah may god bless you and we're looking forward to more of what he has in store for you thank you